House Civis Broadcasting. My name is Alufi Haskell de Civis. And I'm Silas de Civis. And you're listening to a Chronicle of Echoes. Today is the 13th of Volt 997YK. We've got a lovely echo for you today. We, we have a special guest in-house who specifically requested that we have him in today, and that is the headmaster of Rankin-Marr Academy, General Ear Gregor. So fill up your tankard, pull up a chair, and listen to today's Echo. You're looking so smiley today. Well, I've had a good couple of weeks. It's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm delighted to be back here in the booth. We've definitely missed you. Well, I can't say the same. <laughs> this this uh, suddenly feels a lot more like work than it initially did. Having two weeks off and getting to do anything that I wanted to do for two solid weeks, and now coming back to a routine, it's, a, it, it's more difficult than I would have imagined. So we definitely have the echo about the 12th coming up next week. Uh, so I don't want to really touch on that portion of your of your vacation. But how about you tell us a little bit about your time in the moor? Well, the moor was absolutely fantastic. I got to see the petition up close and personal. I'd seen it once many, many years ago, and it was absolutely delightful to get to be there again. And the celebration was just rip-roaring and a good time. And I honestly don't remember how I got from the roar to my other vacation. That's how good of a time it was. Wow. I mean, I'm glad that you had a great time. I'm glad that you had such... Uh, an informative time here in the booth. It was something, that's heard, for sure. Yes, uh, yeah, that you had two weeks of interesting, stuff. yeah, mm-hmm. I- interesting. Content. The first week was good. Um, the second week, uh, Alufi's uh, variety show, as we as we had been calling it, uh, Meeps and I, uh, it started off pretty good, um, but let's just say it didn't end. So I I will say that from uh, what I gathered from that, I had someone take notes for me because I wasn't able to listen in. I would recommend that we do uh, retouch on the horoscopes. I think that those were a nice touch and something that we could definitely do again in the future. I agree. I, I, I really enjoyed doing them. And I think that everybody had a fun time listening to them. We haven't gotten too many notes about them. But I took my own advice and I am... Being safe. Let's jump in with some news. I'd be delighted. So this first bit of news comes from our partners over at the Sharn Inquisitive. This morning, a glowing ship was spotted near dawn, sailing around just outside the harbor. According to two ships that reported the incident to the harbor master, it appears that the craft was devoid of any oars or sails. The two vessels, a cargo galley called Sarah Green with Envy, and a fishing trawler called the Frostfeather, both reported this to the harbor master around midday. 
Now, no crew was visible, and one of the ships did approach within several hundred feet of it, and they could make no contact with anyone on the vessel. They said that they heard unearthly noises coming from it. No new information has come to light, although the Brelish Commandant has said that routine patrols saw no unusual activity throughout the day, so nothing there as well. One possibility is that the glowing ship is another sighting of lightning on water. A House Lander wind galleon reported missing in Ron, and rumored to hold great treasure. Reports from sailors last month indicated that the ship may be traveling along Cornvere's southern coast with only its bound elemental controlling it. Fancy illusionist pirates. They have them in the Lazar Principalities. Well, I mean, that is true that they do have pirates running amok in different areas, but I don't think that piracy is nearly a big an issue here. And if it was a pirate vessel, you think it would have attacked either of those two ships? Not always. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was... Oh, ooh, ooh, okay, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So it was a pirate ship. Okay, fancy illusionist pirate ship. The reason why they didn't attack is because they're lurking around, trying to get more people. They're, they want people to think that they're lightning on water, so then more people will be in the ocean. And those people are going to have equipment and stuff on board to try and get stuff off of another ship. And so then they'll attack those ships in the dead of night. And then all those ships will go missing. And then there's going to be a fleet of weird glowing pirate ships. And then they're going to, I don't know, look cool. Well, th- this is one possibility. I think another is just that we're dealing with more ships adrift th- than we would have expected. There was a ship not too long ago, uh, the Emperor of the Waves, that had a similar incident where it just turned up after ten long years. Let's move on to our next bit of news, okay? Oh, absolutely. On the 23rd of this month, after Ninth Bell, a particularly rainy evening, if I remember correctly, Provost Bonal Geldum of Pre-Galifar Studies at Moorgrave University was found dead on a sky bridge between Kelsus Fire and Delanen Tower. Some people in nearby homes stated they saw a large figure on the bridge with the provost, yelling something about, quote, weak flesh, unquote. A handful of adventurers engaged in combat around Geldam's body before getting arrested by the Sharn Watch. Sergeant Dolem of the Watch was quoted as saying, We appreciate these adventurers stepping in. The situation on the bridge has been handled. Any link to the Lord of Blades or his associates is unfounded at this time. Well, that's a a bit of doom and gloom. (laughs) You got quite a bit there. Adventurers getting arrested. The the L-O-B being mentioned. As well as, you know, Morgrave University losing a wonderful provost. My heart goes out to Provost Geldum's family as they are going through a very difficult time right now, I'm sure. As well as to all of his students and co-workers at Morgrave University.
It, it is unfortunate to hear that this is what Charn has become. I think that a lot of the times on the Echoes, we tend to talk about really dark things. People dying, violence in the streets. But I think that it's important to know and understand that that isn't always what Sharn is about. And that's not always what the Echoes are about. With that in mind, I think that we take a look at something a little bit lighter. I hear you have a few Aloofy's Advice Corner questions for me. Miss Aloofy, I hit them when they pulled my braids, and it worked. Mama says it's because I showed dumb mams. The, the teacher said I was going to be in trouble, but my mama also showed her dom-a-mams, and now they leave me alone. dom a -mam. Can I see that? Oh, I think they mean dominance. That would make sense. That's a big word, and a good attempt on them for trying to use it. I agree. A very good attempt. Not really a question, although I, I suddenly have one. Uh, what? <laughs> Well, I advised that instead of allowing whoever it is to continue pulling on their hair, on their braids, to just do the same back. You know, pull on their hair, punch them in the nose, kick them in the jaw. Well said. The next one writes, Hello, Aloofy. I am a brellish-born scion of a dragon-marked house who I am sure you will understand if I do not name my father's side of the family comes from the house, but my mother married into the family, a brellish citizen from a large family of her own. When I was growing up, I was close with my cousins on that side of the family. After we grew up, however, I went to work for the house while they went to fight for Brayland. They didn't all make it back. Now the war is over. I want to reconnect with them, but there is such a gulf. I sense resentment from them because I got to sit out of the last war. I don't know how to bridge that gap. Do you have any advice from Demarked and Brayland? That's definitely a difficult question. And it's something that a lot of us heirs have to deal with. The resentment of those around us thinking that we didn't have to participate in the last war. Now, I have to say that that's not accurate. A lot of people think that because we are marked, because we are part of House Civis, we didn't have to sit on the battlefields. But there were members of House Civis on the battlefields, conveying messages to and from each other for generals. Yes, we were technically mercenaries or, or paid off, or all we were doing was turning a profit on the war, which is a valid way to look at it. Dragonmarked members weren't always safe, though. Look at House Deneath. They fought on the front lines, but I wasn't really old enough to participate much in the last war. Silas, you were much more active during that time, and not necessarily a part of House Civis. I was not a part of House Civis at that time, and I will say that I did spend time on the front lines, and it is a very different feeling. So the resentment that those members of your family are feeling, Demark, is justified. There is a difference between sitting in tents and healing and making and scribing and being on the front lines, watching those around you fall. Yes, some people in the houses were not safe. That's a fair assessment. 
but everyone from the nations was not. Every other person standing on that battlefield was an enemy. I think that what we should be focusing on here, Silas, is how to bridge that gulf, though. This is someone who recognizes the disdain that the members of their own family have for them. And they want to come back together. Yes, they're a member of a Dragomar house, but they're also Braylish. That is a fair point as well. How, how, now, how I would suggest is ask them about the war. Don't be like, hey, how about that war, huh? But take them out to a tavern, rent a tavern out if you have the coin for it. Buy them as many ales as they want and celebrate and relive the loss they had to go through. Talk with them about it. I think that where you and I were having a misunderstanding is I was saying that it was just as hard for a member of of the house. It may or may not have been. But I think that coming together in a sense of mutual understanding is what needs to happen. Your family, you grew up together, you loved each other, and you lost people just like they did. You lost cousins, you lost friends. Remember them, but also respect that perhaps they went through more loss, lost more friends. A fair sentiment indeed. I think we should continue on with the next ask. Thank you, Silas. Thank you, Aluvi. And this last one is from an anonymous writer. They say, I've been listening with rabid attention. Rabid attention to your various guests over the past few weeks. Where would you and Silas recommend I go on holiday? Signed, Signed a traveler. A traveler. Well, that is an interesting question. Go on holiday. Uh, I guess it would just depend on what you enjoy. Fairhaven is beautiful this time of year. Just the snow covering everything. It's so different to here in southern Brayland. Same with in Carnath. Although I don't like Carnath in the winter time because uh, it feels very creepy. Where where Fairhaven feels like like a winter wonderland. Carnath has an almost sinister feeling to the woods and and forests there. During the summertime, a nice cruise around the Lazahar Principalities is enjoyable, uh, provided you have paid enough coin to be not beset by pirates and 'er (laughs) ne'er-do-wells, of course. I have read that there is, once a year, for one week only, a bloom of a specific type of orchid in the shadow marches. And it makes the shadow marches just just pinks and blues and bright pastel colors that you never get to see any other time of year. Normally it's very bleak and gray and mushy, but during this peak season, it is the exact opposite. Now that's some place that I personally want to go on vacation just for that one week and just enjoy the scenery of something extremely different from how it normally is. Well, that that sounds like a a lovely time. I hope that you get inspired, a traveler, with the handful of suggestions we've brought to you. I also hope that you enjoy this little musical break before we speak to our guest, General Yesk Gregor, Chancellor of Regamark Academy. 
on Undare. We were going to have the delegate from Undare in to discuss with us. Unfortunately, we have to push them back yet again. Due to aggressive scheduling, we will be discussing the birthplace of Karn the Conqueror, and in essence, the early foundations of our society, the nation of Karnath. With us in the Singer booth is our esteemed guest, the Chancellor of Rankinmar Academy, General Jesk Irgregor. General Gregor, we want to thank you for coming in today and taking the time to talk with us. Thank you. I am delighted that you would accommodate me so suddenly. Well, you were very, very insistent that we have you in today in place of the Undarian representative, specifically. So we had little recourse but to, of course, accommodate you. Of course. Now, uh, before we begin, uh, we would like to quickly discuss the other two members with us today. Uh, your, your personal protection detail, I would assume. Uh, you introduced the gentleman earlier as Captain... Captain Taggart. Oh, uh, Ca- Captain Taggart. And I can tell by his regalia that he is, in fact, a, a bone knight. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that uh, is correct. Well, uh, f- for our listeners not familiar with uh, bone knight, would you care to explain, General? Bone knights are a member of our armed forces, trained in the last war to to lead the undead troops into the battlefield. Captain Taggart was in charge of a company that saw quite a bit of combat. (laughs) Some of his stories he could tell by his time in the service. (laughs) Well, I I would be delighted to hear those. Uh, Maybe we could have him on. Uh, Captain is uh, quite a loyal soldier and, and is one of the men I trust most to keep me safe. However, his natural proclivity for storytelling resulted in a slip-up and a violation of the Code of Caius. The courts were merciful, and the captain only had to have his tongue forcibly excised. I had him brought under my employ following his little indiscretion. Siblings, what can be done? Yes. Holy host, huh? I, I apologize, Captain. Let, let's um, let, let let's talk about our uh, the the other our other guest, the other member here, uh, whose name I did not get. Uh, their name is four H one D three N dash core zero four seven H F. I would, however, prefer to call them by my nickname, Buckets. Well, that is a rather interesting nickname, uh, and Buckets is a. I rather enjoy the name is an affectionate name the living members of the military have given them. I have come to inspect troops and run through the plans with my commanders. It was during that time that I noticed them. They were standing at attention, but had their foot stuck in a bucket. (laughs) It's a humorous thought. And I decided to keep them on as my personal attendant. They were one of the few not decommissioned during the end of the war. Caius accepted my request when he accepted me as head of Reckonmark. And your personal attendant is a, um, is, is a ghoul? <laughs> oh, oh my, no. They are a zombie. Oh, um, my, my apologies. I, I would, I would not have known. I'm not very familiar with the un- Zombie, ghoul, light? What's important is it's staring at me like it's hungry. They... I'm I'm truly sorry, General. We will not make that mistake again. Right, Aloofy? Of course. Apologies. 
Buckets is watching me very intently. Their eyes are following me as I move around. They do that. It could be a little unnerving, especially late at night. I remember walking through the troops late night under the pale gray light of Baracus. The endless sea of deadened eyes and flesh watching my every move with almost hungry anticipation. The entire process prevented me from sleeping soundly for several days. That is absolutely terrifying. It was a very unpleasant experience, as most experiences are. I, however, enjoyed the sense of personal joy when I saw that one of my teachers from grade school amongst the sea of undead. It was not Proctor Vernor, of course, but it gave me a feeling of comfort, a familiar face, if you will, that allowed me to sleep a little better in the coming weeks. Uh, fa- fascinating. And now that the... Uh... They just licked their teeth and bit at me. It's just a tick, I assure you. We have uh, unusual aspects about ourselves that can make others uh, quite uncomfortable. Aloofy. Professionalism, please. Step out if you need to compose yourself. As I was saying, uh, now that the war is over and, and Karnath has pushed to remove the blood of Vol from its midst, do you feel that keeping... Buckets is the appropriate course? How, how do others view them in Karnath? It is very, very uncomfortable for some people. They initially feel a sense of unease. People have moved to suppress that aspect of our past. And I agree that it must be moved on from. But I cannot imagine taking buckets and casting them aside. I despise them. I am glad to see them removed from our streets. I am glad that we are moving beyond a necromancy, but we have no need for that in our lives. But Buckets exists, and I will keep them by my side. Wow, that, that sense of loyalty is more than I think most would have for the undead. They are fiercely loyal to Kurnath. Uh, a fair point. Though I don't believe they had much of an option. Uh, Do you see a way forward without them? Karnath is known primarily for undead and war, and now both of those things are coming to an end. Hmm. We have always been more than that. We make some of the best ales and sell cheese-making. Oh, that that is quite true. Our quality uh, of our paper is uh, beyond compared to each vellum is absolute masterpiece. We lead the world in glass production. Those things are nice. But what you were talking about is not a way forward. The world lost a lot of artistry during the morning. Maybe now is our time to show the world that we can also create beauty. I myself train countless people in discipline that is absolutely breathtaking. I take these dumpy little lumps of metal, force them into precision instruments. Disciplined soldiers. Will, um, Prince Helix be one such student? Prince Helix is a wonderful young man. The halls of Wreck and Mark are the exact place for someone as skilled and voracious. I fear that shaping him may be my finest endeavor, and that I may have to retire once he graduates. That is quite a lot of praise for our beloved prince, and... Does it feel odd that just a few short years ago, you were enemies? 
Of course. But that is how the world feels now. I am sure that it is upsetting for people of Sharn to have Karns within their midst. But that is our world. Things have changed, and we need to change with them. King Gaius wants to keep moving forward and into the future, and we shall embrace that change. With King Gaius wanting to move forward, and with places like Dargoon starting to move away from slavery, and adopting more of the actual codes of Galavar, do you see the codes of Caius as an issue? Do you see the laws of your land as something that needs to be changed? Because they are, in fact, extremely strict. I believe them to be more structured than strict. I mean, you've you've just told us about your sibling who, who had his tongue removed for slipping up in speaking. I feel like that's a very strict punishment for that, and I don't think we would see that type of discipline here. Is is that something that the modern world moving forward can embrace? I believe it to be a cultural difference, really. We took what was given to us and expanded upon it greatly within the closing of the last war. It is my belief that we hold ourselves to a higher standard. I can't disagree with that. It, it feels to me slightly like an impractical standard, but I, I do see where you're coming from. But let me ask you, there have been in the last few months reports from many different places of Necro arsenals buried within different nations. Yet, it's fake news, if you will. A twisted narrative, really. Well, I mean, that's a matter of opinion at that point in time. If we're receiving it from many different nations, I don't think it can be blamed on... Many nations that would like to see our beloved Karnath defeated. That is that is a fair point. Sundered. You're right. I, I apologize. Destroyed. It, it clearly is just an improper thing on my part. Uh, so let, let's end on uh, let's end on a positive note. Let, let's end on a question that is uh, much more hopeful and will bring everything around. Alufi. Uh, well, first, I would like to remind uh, my co-host Silas, professionalism, please. So, General Irgregor, what do you see the path? that Karnath can take into the future, into the coming years, these years of peace. Uh, we spoke briefly about how Karnath is more than just undead and war, but what does a Karnath of the future look like in your mind? We replace the bloody, tragic events of our past behind us, but we use the structure as a vessel to show the world a much better way of life, a more structured way of life. Within that structure, beauty flourishes. I know that many see the necromancy of the past as an ugly thing. But aside from the raising of dead, there is an art in it. An art that we carry with us into our many crafts, a passion for food, drink, glass. I think the whole, our collective nations could benefit from such a rigidity, such a beauty. Now, my final question. As you know, we did have a representative from Thrain on, the uh, uh, bishop. Uh, the Silver Purge. The Silver Purge. From the last war. I'm sure you've heard of her, the fierce warrior. She's yes. just fantastic. 
Now, she did say... Um, lots of fire. Lots of fire. <laughs> she did say um, that she... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> she does pray that um, Thrain can find peace with Karnath. Do you think that you could ever see peace between those two nations? of Your nation of uh, Karnath and the, the people of uh, the Silver Flame of, of Thrain? If nothing else, uh, mutual respect of the treaty and the, the, the shared glory on both sides of the conflict with the art of war itself. A lot can be said from old enemies respecting each other's styles. Well, that is wonderful. and It makes me cry. It does. I a, see the tears. A tear has formed in my recesses. Buckets! Clean the tear. Thank you. And with that, I think that I would like to remind everyone to just keep an ear out for those echoes of hope. Buckets don't have ears anymore. Sorry, Buckets. She didn't mean it.